So we're going to carry on um, from that place. We're going to carry on our series on, uh, so Live Well series based on this book, uh, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Pete Scazzero. Um, a link will come up in the chat if you've not got hold of that book yet. Um, you want to dig into this topic a bit more deeply, you can do that. Or why don't you just um, get in contact with a local Christian bookshop? Um, they're really great as well. You can get hold of a copy there. Um, but this is a book I know um, has been um, really closely put on Valter's heart. Valter's felt really um, strongly about this book um, and this this topic. Um, and Valter's going to go through the next bit with us. And I know that when God's put something really closely on Valter's heart, it's always well worth listening to. So um, why don't you go and get a pen? Take some notes, um, get listening really attentively because um, Bart is going to take us through the next bit on in Live Well. Well, we've come to the end of our Live Well series. I hope you've uh, been blessed by it and you've been strengthened and encouraged by it. Um, I wonder what is it that God might have been speaking to you throughout this series? We've been looking at emotional health, emotional unhealth. We've been looking at what lies underneath the surface. We've been looking at what it means to journey through the wall, how to embrace grief and loss and limits in our lives. We've been looking at daily rhythms and Sabbath, learning to slow down, to love well. We've been looking at going back in order to go forward, how to live out emotionally healthy relationships. And I wonder, out of all these things, what has God been speaking to you? And what do you feel he wants you to grow in in this coming season? Why don't you take a minute to write it down for yourself and then we'll make a start at the final session today. I've been looking at emotional health for the last three years or so. I've been reading books, listening to talks, and sometimes I kid myself in thinking that I'm already making progress by just listening to the talks and reading the books. But sadly, that's not really true. Unless we really implement the things that we have learned, we won't really be able to grow much in our relationship with God and see the fruit that he wants to bring in our lives. James, in the New Testament, um, writes it like this, chapter 1, verse 22, says, Do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourself, but do what it says. Now, this is what this final session is going to be all about, to try and put into practice that what God has been revealing to us over this series. And the way that we're going to do that is we're going to be looking at a rule of life. Now, a rule of life sounds like quite a serious thing, but 
really, when you look at the word rule, it comes from the Greek word trellis, and it, it, it means a framework. Um, now, you might know a trellis where plants grow into. For example, when I just moved to Peterborough, I found a, a vine in my garden, uh, in a sunny spot, sunny corner, and it had a trellis on the wall next to it. And I discovered that if you want a vine to produce fruit, you need to lead the branches uh, through the trellis to be able to help and carry the support uh, of the weight of the fruit that comes, because when the fruit starts to grow, it just pulls the branches down and it will hang on the floor um, animals start to eat it, the fruit starts to rot, but this framework will help to keep the branches off the floor and to increase in fruitfulness. Now, a framework in and of itself is not going to produce fruit. You won't be able to see a, a trellis sprout fruit, but it will help increase the fruitfulness of the vine. And that's what we've been looking at. Dan Hayter looked at that a few weeks back, John 15. He says how we are the branches and we abide in Christ and through that we bear fruit. Well, a framework will help to increase the, increase the, the fruit and increase our way of abiding in Christ. So uh, rule of life is an intentional conscious plan to keep God at the center of everything we do. Now, many of us are quite intentional about a lot of things in life. We plan our shopping trips or when we go on holiday, we make a budget, how we spend our finances, set goals uh, for the way that we do our work or keep a, a diary for um, appointments so we, we know uh, what's coming up. Uh, we might set our alarm in the morning to be able to get out of bed so we get to work in time. And yet many Christians don't seem to be overly intentional about the way that they live their relationship with God. And therefore, they kind of end up with whatever is left over. Now, what happens being is that we end up kind of drifting aimlessly in the current of life unless we have some core anchors of practices that will help us to be securely rooted in our relationship with Christ. And perhaps what this world needs more than busy Christians is deeply changed Christians who let every area of life be affected by their relationship with God. Now, how can we live deeply changed lives? Why don't you turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 1. Peter writes in verse 3, his divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. It says that we've already been given everything we need to live a godly life. Then how could we grow in this? Now it says, although we've been given everything, verse 5, it says, for this very reason, Make every effort to add to your faith. So although we've been given everything we need, we need to make every effort to add to the faith. And then a whole list of things come, come up like goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, all these things. Now, how, how, how can we make sense of this? How can we have been given everything we need already and yet make every effort? Well, I think the two go together. Uh, you could liken it to this illustration. Uh, imagine this cup of coffee was the love that Jesus has won for me. He's given everything I need and everything in it um, is what I need in my relationship with God. Now, although I've been given this gift, um, I still need to open the cup and drink from it. Now, the way that we open the cup and drink from it, um, we call the means of grace. Although grace has been given to us, we need to find ways in which we can take that grace in us. Now, if I was to suck through the little hole at the top here, 
um, I will be able to uh, get some coffee in, but not a lot. But if I take off the top, the lid, and I'll put it to my mouth, I can fully drink everything and enjoy what I have been given. Now, in the same way, if you spend some uh, time throughout your days uh, with God, um, five minutes here or there, you could liken it to the tiny little hole at the top. You could take some of the goodness in. But if you start to grow in your practices and spend time with God and increase your intentionality in the way that you spend time with God, it's like taking off the lid and being able to fully take in everything that God has already given to us. Now, this is what we mean by growing our practices, by growing a framework through which we relate to God and through which we, which we grow in our practices, in our relationship with God. Now, um, in the Old Testament, there were a lot of practices that God gave his people, uh, laws and sacrifices and special feast days. And there were all ways in which they could continue to live out their relationship with God. Um, but what we can see is that although they were, they were outwardly giving themselves to these practices, inwardly they were unchanged. And that's why they kept running away from God and leaving his commandments. Now, what we can see happening in the New Testament is that Jesus comes and he fulfills all the commandments that God has given. All the requirements are fulfilled because God wants to give his people not just an outwardly changed life. He wants to give them a new heart, a heart of flesh, it says in the Old Testament, rather than a heart of stone. And out of that changed heart now comes a changed life. Now, we can see that there's a bit of a spectrum. First of all, we can see people trying to earn God's favor in a legalistic way by doing the things uh, of God for God to earn his favor. On the other end, we can see this kind of a licentiousness that people don't really care about the way that they live. There's, there's like the, the opposite ends of the spectrum. Now, people in the Old Testament could be tempted to be quite legalistic and ticking the boxes, uh, but some of us still can be too. We think by doing some core spiritual practices, we can earn God's favor. Well, that's not what kind of living out our practices with God is about. Neither is it just making the most of it and just like Jesus already loves us, so therefore I don't need to do anything. Um, somewhere in the middle lies a healthy balance of learning how to root our relationship with God in some core spiritual practices. Now, I wonder which end of the spectrum you would find yourself. Would you be ten more like ticking boxes or not being intentional at all? I'm going to give you a little minute to try and honestly answer that question for yourself.
Now, the Bible likens our walk with God like a race. It's not a cruise, it's a race. And um, we can read Paul writing in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. He says, do you not know that in a race, all the runners, but only one gets the prize. Run in such a way to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Now, what we can see here is that Paul is encouraging us to run the race with great intention, making every effort, that same word again. Now, what does that mean? Well, it means that we are intentional about how we run our race, but also we need to grow in perseverance and even discipline to be able to run that race. Over this lockdown season, I've tried to grow a bit in my health. I used to have some back problems and I wanted to take some time to, to seriously commit myself to improving that. So I've tried to lose some weight and I've tried to increase my exercise routines. And in order to do that, it needed quite a bit of planning. I needed to come up with an exercise routine. So I bought a, an app that helps me to know what sort of exercises to do and when to do them. I looked at the way that I eat. Uh, if I want to lose some weight, then I, I, I want to eat healthy. So I had to look at some diets and, and how to eat healthily. Uh, I bought a pair of scales to be able to track my progress. And all these things haven't necessarily um, done the work for me, but they helped me to get to grips with making the improvements. And now, a year later on, I, I, I've uh, got much improvement. I, I've got a lot less pain in my back and I feel much more healthy. And that's the fruit that I wanted, but it has come with some effort. Now, in the same way, when we want to grow in our relationship with God and seeing the, the fruit growing in our lives, we also need to be intentional. Now, the goal is to live in loving union with God. Uh, what does that look like? Well, loving God more and loving others more. And how can we measure that? Well, by the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, love, goodness, self-control. All these things will show us whether we are making progress. We can measure those. Now, in order to uh, grow in our lives and in our love for God and for others, we need to start to come up with some intentional planning. And this takes some effort. Now, a way to get to grips with this is a, a, a very simple, practical exercise that I would like to do with you. Just get a piece of paper, whatever you can find nearby, uh, maybe uh, uh, in your journal, or you can scribble it on your phone, whatever you want to. Um, find a blank sheet and divide it into four sections. So the first section, you place a heading called Relationship with God. The second heading, you place the heading Rest. The third one is Relationship with Others. And the final one is Work. That is kind of a rough division of different areas of our lives. You could probably come up with some more, but that would keep it simple and help you to be intentional. Now, what we are going to do is to take some intentional time about how we can implement some core practices in each of these areas to be able to love God more and love others more. Now, for example, in your relationship with God, if I was to take that heading and I look at what are some of the practices that I want to implement to be able to grow my relationship with God, I would first of all mark down daily time with God. Think about the specific time of day, how long you're going to do that, 
and a way in which you want to engage with God when you're going to have that time. So that might be reading through the Bible in a year or following a devotion or whatever might be helpful for you to spend some time praying or journaling or worshipping, just taking time to be intentional about what you're going to do with that time. Now, if you already do that, you might want to think about some other things that you love to do to grow in your relationship with God. Perhaps you want to try some regular fasting or maybe setting some time, extra time aside in the day where you're not just spending some time in the morning or perhaps also some time at lunch or a little bit of time in the evening as well. So you have rhythms in your day to grow in your relationship with God. Depending on where you're at on your journey, try and find a next step. Secondly, we looked at rest. Now, what could you do to implement rest in your life? Perhaps for you, it's starting with trying to day, take a day off every week, trying to have Sabbath where you don't do paid or unpaid work, where you switch off your phones and you take real rest. Now, we've already been looking at uh, a few weeks back what, what that could look like for you. Maybe listen again to Phil Boyer's preach on that message. Uh, what could you do to rest well? And then the third area is your relationship with others. Now, for me, I would try and break that down in the different relationships that I have. For example, my marriage. How can I grow, invest in my marriage? Now, for me, that means taking a, a, a night every week, actually two nights every week apart, to invest into some quality time. We do one evening where we set some time aside to do some planning and pray together, think about things, talk about things, and another night where we just have fun and relax together. Um, it's also got and the same heading, family. So how can I spend deliberate time with each of my four daughters throughout the week to be able to invest in my relationship with them? Um, in that heading, you may find family and colleagues and friends and neighbors. Just think about ways you could invest in these people. Whatever you uh, can find. Maybe start with one or two simple things that you could do. And then finally, work. How can you give yourself to your work in a way that gives glory to God. Maybe step back and think, how can I invest in that area in a way that glorifies God? And how can I set some boundaries and limitations around that to make sure that I continue to give myself to the other areas intentionally? So that's just a little simple framework that you can start with. Um, uh, I'm going to give you a minute just to have a go at that. So find a blank piece of paper, write down the headings. So relationship with God, um, rest, relationship with others and work and have a little go. What could be one or two things you can give yourself into each of those categories as a next step?
Great, well, I, I hope you enjoyed having a go at that. Um, a few top tips to finish at the end of this time together. First of all, have lots of space for trial and error. Um, having a go doesn't mean you're gonna be successful straight away, but don't give up, continue to give yourself. I take some time uh, every Monday in the week just to review how I'm doing and look at how I can grow in it, perhaps some things that need to be changed, just to be able to make some little bit of progress every week. Um, next, make a start. Like some, Most people make the mistake to do nothing at all or trying to do everything uh, all at once. Uh, just find something that is easy to start with that you can do regularly, uh, that you can invest in each of those areas to be able to grow. And think about all the different areas that we've been looking at to be able to uh, grow in our relationship with God and our emotional health. What would be some things that you could implement from all of these things? And then finally, don't be discouraged when you fail. Um, we will all have a go and fail at things. That's totally okay. Don't give up just to continue to persevere and invite God into uh, this journey with you. Don't try to do it all yourself. Uh, talk to him about the progress you've made or the failures that you've made to be able to um, make some progress. And you might even find it helpful to find some trusted companions along the way who could come alongside and who you could be accountable to. So I hope you've been blessed by this series. I'll finish off with the words that we started off from James, James chapter one, where he says, do not merely listen to the word and deceive yourself. Do what it says. And my final question for you to take away is, what are you going to do this week to make a start and to implement some of the things that we've been looking at this term? Brilliant. Thanks so much, Rata. There's so much practical stuff in there. Um, so much good stuff um, for us to reflect on and then think about how we can act on it as well. Yeah, Father, I thank you that you are our living hope. Thank you that you have set us free. Um, thank you that you give us everything we need. Um, thank you that we can meet with you this morning and know that you're with us, know that you care for us. Amen. Thank you so much for coming. Um, really great to see so many of you. Well done um, for turning up. We'll see you next week. Goodbye.